Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Tuesday, May 24th, 2022, and this is day 1528 of our journey together. Thank you so, so much for tuning into our podcast. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we honor you, we praise you, and glorify you. You are the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the beginning and the end, the great I am. There is none like you. Thank you for being our sovereign God. Thank you for loving us unconditionally and for having mercy and grace upon us, even when we do wrong. I thank you, Lord, personally for loving me unconditional and and having that mercy and grace upon me as I mess up and get back up and mess up and get back up. I thank you, Father, for comforting the brokenhearted and healing the sick and blessing those who may be in financial need. I ask, Father, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Today's message is, who are you listening to? Right. Who are you listening to? And and some I've heard this saying, who's got your ear? <laughs> we need to make sure that whoever we're listening to, that they're speaking wisdom, that they're not speaking malice and division and uh, gossip and all those kinds of things that can destroy. I mean, been there, done that, gone through, still going through. We're, we're just... People saying things has caused such division uh, and how we have to be aware of it and find out, you know, if we can find out why, great. If not, you know, we have to keep it moving, keep doing what the Lord would have you to do. Uh, but when you are having to make choices, many times we want to ask other people as wise to do that, to ask what would be the best way to handle this or that. So we're going to learn a little bit more about um, Solomon's son who uh, sought out uh, advice and what he did with that advice. We're coming out of 1 Kings chapter 12, verses 1 through 30. At least I think we're going through 30. But 1 Kings chapter 12, starting at verse 1. And it says, Rehoboam went to Shechem. And so he is uh, Solomon's uh, son. He says, for all, and Solomon had already uh, died. And uh, he, it says, for all Israel had gone there to make him king. When Jeroboam, son of Nebet, heard this, he was still in Egypt, where he had fled from King Solomon. He returned from Egypt. So they sent for Jeroboam, and he and the whole assembly of Israel went to Rehoboam and said to him, your father put a heavy yoke on us. But now lighten the harsh labor and the heavy yoke he put on us, and we will serve you. So they were, you know, coming to the new king, Rehoboam, saying, hey, your daddy did this to us. He was harsh on us. Would you lighten the load, you know? And so Rehoboam Rehoboam answered, go away for three days and then come back to me. So the people went away. Then King Rehoboam consulted the elders who had served his father Solomon, during his lifetime. How would you advise me to answer these people, he asked. They replied, 
If today you will be a servant to these people and serve them and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your servants. But Rehoboam rejected the advice the elders gave him and consulted the young men who had grown up with him and were serving him. He asked them, what is your advice? So here's something that stood out to me. One of the things whenever we do um, mediations or working with uh, youth, we always tell them, or, or not mediations, when we're advising them on if they're going through something, uh, they've got a challenge in their life, to go to an adult that they trust, not to someone else their own age. Because if you go to someone your own age for advice, they don't only what you know. They don't know any more than that. They've not gone through enough in life, enough experiences and overcoming those challenges in life to be able to tell you. So, I mean, they can give you, share some things with you, but it's good to get somebody that's older than you, uh, who, who is, um, wise and someone you can trust. And we give them ways to test them, to see if they're trustworthy by sharing something with them that you don't mind the world knowing. <laughs> like I've got a striped dog. And if everybody's coming to you saying, hey, I heard you got a striped dog, then you know you can't trust that adult. <laughs> so he goes to those who were the young men who had uh, who he had grown up with, with him and were, were serving him. He asked them, what is your advice? How should we answer these people who say to me, lighten the yoke your father has put on us? The young men who had grown up with him replied, these people have said to you, your father put a heavy yoke on us, but make your yoke lighter. But make make our yoke lighter. Now tell them, my little finger is thicker than my father's waist. My father laid on you a heavy yoke. I will make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips. I will scourge you with scorpions. Three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to Rehoboam, as the king had said. Come back to me in three days. The king answered the people harshly, rejecting the advice given him by the elders. He followed the advice of the young men and said, My father made your yoke heavy. I will make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips. I will scourge you with scorpions. So the king did not listen to the people for this turn of events was from the Lord to fulfill the word the Lord had spoken to Jeroboam, son of Nebat, through Ahijah, the Shilonite. When all Israel saw that the king refused to listen to them, they answered the king, What share do you have in David? What part in Jesse's, what part in Jesse's son to your tents, to your tents, Israel? Look after your own house, David. So the people were really upset, uh, not happy about this. So the Israelites went home. But as for the Israelites who were living in the towns of Judah, Rehoboam still ruled over them. So out of the 12 tribes of Israel, 10 of them went with the other king after that decision was made. It created division among the people. And Rehoboam, uh, there were the tribe of Judah and um, I believe the tribe of Dan that went with uh, Rehoboam. Verse 18 says, King Rehoboam sent out uh, Adoniram, who was in charge of forced 
labor, but all Israel stoned him to death. King Rehoboam, however, managed to get into his chariot and escape to Jerusalem. So Israel has been in rebellion against the house of David to this day. And the house of David is that was Solomon's father. That would have been Rehoboam's grandfather who was king and who, you know, who got who God anointed to um, build, uh, to begin to build uh, his um, temple. However, Solomon completed the temple of God. Verse 20 says, when all Israel, all the Israelites heard that Jeroboam had returned, they sent and called him to the assembly and made him king over all Israel. Only the tribe of Judah remained loyal to the house of David. So Judah, the uh, that tribe went with Rehoboam. When Rehoboam arrived in Jerusalem, he mustered all Judah and the tribe of Benjamin. So those are the two tribes he had. 180,000 able young men to go to war against Israel and to regain the kingdom of to regain the kingdom for Rehoboam, son of Solomon. But this word of God came to Shemaiah, the man of God. Say to Rehoboam, son of Solomon, king of Judah, to all Judah and Benjamin, and to the rest of the people. This is what the Lord says. Do not go up to fight against your brothers, the Israelites. Go home, every one of you, for this is my doing. So they obeyed the word of the Lord and went home again as the Lord had ordered. And I'm going to stop there. It goes further talking about um, how uh, Jeroboam um, pretty much kept the people uh, there uh, in Jerusalem. uh, And and, and actually, I'm sorry, in uh, Israel where he was, and he kept them there and, and, and he um, fortified the city. He, he made it to where they did not go to Jerusalem to worship. That's where they would typically go three times a year to worship. The men would go. He set up golden calves for them to begin to worship idols so that they would not go to where um, uh, Rehoboam, King Rehoboam was because he felt like they would stay with him and come and and go against um, Jeroboam himself. So it, it created division uh, it uh, also created, made the Israelites sin, although they had a choice. We don't have to sin if we don't want to, but he made it very convenient for them to, instead of going to Jerusalem to worship and pray three times a year to worship God, the true and living God, he created these golden calves for them to worship uh, and and had two of them set up in different parameters of the city and they were strategically placed so that they wouldn't have to walk a long ways to get to Jerusalem. Instead, they would just stay there uh, in his uh, in his town and worship these golden calves, which went against the word of God. So point number one, so often before making decisions that may affect you, your family, the people you work with, those who work for you or the people you serve, we seek advice from those who look who we look up to or someone who has proven to be wise. Let's look at what the Bible says about that. 
The first one is out of Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14. It says, where there is no guidance, the people fall, but in abundance of counselors, there is victory. Proverbs 12, 15 says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. Proverbs 19, 20 through 21, listen, listen to counsel and accept discipline that you may be wise the rest of your days. Many plans are in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord will stand. Proverbs 15 and 22 says, Without consultation, plans are frustrated, but with many counselors, they succeed. Revelations 3.18 says, and this is Jesus, he said, I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed and I salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. This is from the ultimate king of kings giving us advice. He's saying, you know, he advises us to buy from him, you know, and that refined gold in the fire is that when you've gone through some things and you're more refined now, you've gone through the fire talking about us as vessels and how he would recommend eye salve so that we can see. I'm going to say that would be the word of God. Begin to look at that word and read that word in fellowship with God. He's saying, and clothe ourselves in white. We're going to, you know, no longer be doing the world, the being of the ways of the world, but we're going to wear white. And that represents our righteousness in Christ. We're in now in right standing with him. Of course, we will still mess up from time to time. It doesn't mean that that won't happen. It simply means that we have yielded our will to God's will. We've surrendered all and said, Lord, have your way. And and when we do that, God will show us things himself. He will consult with consult with us and let us know areas of our lives that we need to make right. I remember when I did that, he showed me areas I need. I've got bitterness. I had bitterness and unforgiveness in my heart. He said, you need to go make that right. Um, there were other things, you know, as quickly as something would happen. He says, apologize immediately. Don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. Deal with it quickly. So now that we have an understanding about what the word of God says about wise guidance, we can see why many of the decisions we've made in life have been based upon how we feel at the moment or who who has our ear. <clears throat> that's That's talking foolishness. We should do what God wants, no matter what the cost in time and energy or reputation or even our resources. We must understand how our choices can cause division. Um, to evaluate advice, ask, is it, number one, what we're wanting to do or the choice that we're thinking about making? Is it realistic? Is it workable? And is it consistent with biblical principles? So you see how he was, Rehoboam decided he was going to treat these people harshly, even more so than the way his father did. You know, that was not based upon biblical principles. Uh, they, you know, it, 
they the the wise counsel told him, you know what? Treat them as basically the way you want to be treated. Ask also ask, will the results of the advice be fair? Will it be equitable? You know, so when you're getting this advice, thinking about those things, is it fair? Is it going to be equitable for all people? Uh, will it make improvements or is it going to make things worse? And then and and give a positive solution. Does it give a positive solution or direction or does it pull down, you know, instead of adding um, uh, uh, adding, you know, growth? Uh, is it um, taking away and, and creating uh, division? And um, I, I think about plants that I have. I've got some flowers outside. And, uh, and the same thing happened to me a few years ago with these same flowers, begonias. And I've got these bugs, I guess, that are in the dirt. And you can see the tops of the flowers look fine. And then all of a sudden, it's almost like a lumberjack comes and cuts them down. And it starts from the root. And they begin to eat them up by the root, whereby destroying the whole plant. So is it something that is coming at you from the root, which that's the way the enemy is going to come to destroy everything? It might look good for a while. And then all of a sudden, everything comes tumbling down. Uh, I think about several years ago, I've told you all that my husband and I will be celebrating 44 years of marriage uh, in June. And uh, we've been together since the eighth grade and truly love one another. But I'm going to also tell you the other side of it. There was this time in our life where we were going to get a divorce. It was really rough. It was really hard. Uh, and <clears throat> both of us are going different directions. Um, and we, you know, it it was, we were communicating. And one of the things that I always said I would not do is get a divorce. And that is where the enemy was coming at me because the, that's what I stood on, those principles. You know, now is if somebody's harming you, laying a hand on you, verbally abusing you, you know, other things that don't line up with the word of God, God never intended for you to stay in a marriage like that. That's not of God. You need to get out of that right away. Don't, don't stop. Don't wait. Just get out. Um, but when there are things that, you know, you're just having disagreements, you don't see eye to eye, you don't want to communicate with each other, that's a little different. <clears throat> that's not worth getting a divorce over from my perspective. Um, but anyway, I remember making this vow because of how divorce created division in our family and how it hurt me as a child. Out of five of us at the age of seven, I was the oldest at seven years old and my youngest sister at the time was seven months old. And when my parents divorced, there, there, um, um, there was um, infidelity in the marriage uh, uh, from my father. And they, after this wasn't the first time my mom said anyway and um that 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 was it and immediately when that took place since my father was the one that had the job and the and then was the entrepreneur my mother took care of the home it immediately threw us into poverty and uh, we had to live with my grandmother for some years until my mother was able to get her schooling and become a nurse and uh was able to get a place for us. And it was always a struggle 
because my father chose to not send child support. So we always struggled. We still had fun, but it was still a lot of struggles. And I always said to myself, I would never put my kids through that. That was a vow I made to myself. Well, the enemy attacked deeply in that area to to go have me go against exactly what I said. And finally, one day I told my friend at church, I said, you know, I'm done. I can't go. I can't do this anymore. We're going different directions. You know, I'm in church. He chooses not to, which is, you know, we all have a choice. Uh, he, you know, whatever was going on, he, my husband could tell you things that he was not happy with me about and I was not happy with him about. And uh, every time I would say, hey, can we get some counseling? He didn't want to do that. Uh, and so my friend, uh, her husband was uh, a counselor and uh, she said, hey, Jackie, you know, if he'd be willing to go through some counseling, would you reconsider? I said, yeah, but he doesn't want to. And uh, she said, well, call me and we'll come right over after you talk to him and if he wants that. And that's a true friend. You know, she didn't slam him. She didn't slam me. She she just came up with, uh, you know, uh, some options. And that was Trudy and my friend, even to this day, and her husband, George. And I remember when I went home, I told my husband, I said, I'm done. I want a divorce. And, and uh, we were talking and I said, so, you know, we could do counseling if you want to, but I know you don't want to. He goes, I, I'll do counseling. And we're like, what? And so I called them immediately. They came over to our house and sat with us and talked to us. And I'll never forget that day. As long as I live, it's been many years ago. But our kids were, you know, still young and uh, like probably teens and preteens. And, and they're now in their 40s and early 40s and late 30s. And so I, I remember them saying to Gary George, asking him, what do you love about Jackie? And then my husband starts sharing and I'm like, oh, and then he goes, Jackie, what do you love about Gary? And and I and he's listening to what I'm saying. And and from that point on, we were we were communicating. We were we were good. And um it we never looked back. Uh we didn't do any more counseling. Nothing wrong with getting counseling. As a matter of fact, God used us to be counselors, uh coaches to help others in their marriage. And uh and we still do that from time to time. But that was one of those situations that the enemy was trying to bring about division. And he's going to come to that in that marriage, because if he can divide that marriage, if he can divide that husband and wife, then he can divide that whole family. I can't begin to tell you how many relatives I don't even know on my father's side. You know, I could see them today and not even know them because of the division that took place. And when that happened, we were isolated. We didn't see any of them anymore. And it was just really hard. You notice in divorce, you know, the in-laws that used to hang out together with the family, they no longer come around because now there's division. And so, you know, I I just share this with you. Uh, I got counsel and it wasn't like I, I was just sharing with my friend and she gave me some wise counsel and I took her up on it. And I'm so grateful to God for that, for her and, and her husband to this day. What about you? What wise counsel has God given you? And if you've gotten some foolish counsel, it's time to shake that off. Let that go. Move on and ask God to show you what to do or who you should talk to. 
Now, if you don't know Jesus, that would be the first step. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Glory to God. I love you all so, so much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor and give you his peace. In Jesus name. Amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And please don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org. J-A-C-K-I-E, be like boy, U-Y-C-K-S, Ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. Also, please subscribe to our website by entering your first and last name and your email address. And don't forget to check us out on tzonekc.org. Learn more about what we're doing with our youth uh, in the community. We're teaching them workforce skills, life skills, entrepreneurship development, and peer mediation. So we're taking youth right now. Uh, please uh, go on on our website, send me a message. We start June 6th, and uh, we have space for about uh, five more youth. So we can take up to 20. All right. And uh, hey, become a partner as well. All right, Mighty Warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you. And I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.